in Memphis as part of the, uh, the strike and movement around discrimination and, and poor treatment and dangerous working conditions within the, the uh, Memphis Sanitation Department, among which many African Americans worked. It began in February of that year when, when two black men, both sanitation workers, were crushed to death in the back of their garbage truck during a rainstorm. Some of you may know that history. City rules, you see, stipulated that black sanitation workers, uh, in the event of a rainstorm, could only seek shelter in the back of their trucks where the collected garbage was. They followed those horrid rules and laws and restrictions, and they died a horrific death. Now, following their deaths, 1,300 sanitation workers walked off the job in protest of those horrid conditions uh, that they were being ordered to work in, and the sanitation strike was on. So Martin Luther King Jr., well, he traveled to Memphis to support the strikers on, on several occasions, culminating with that famous speech he gave at Mason Temple Church of God in Christ. That's a church name, isn't it? Church of God in Christ, where he had incredible prophetic in a future-seen way, invoked that image of the mountaintop in the memory of Moses at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, which tells the story of, of Moses after leading his people through, from bondage and oppression through the trials of the wilderness and finally arriving just outside the promised land they had so dreamed of. And, and God takes Moses up to that, to that mountaintop and he shows him the expanse of of the promised land, as the scripture tells us, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. And then God says to Moses, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying I will give it to your descendants I have let you see it with your eyes, but you, Moses, you will not cross over there. The next line reads, and Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. And of course, we all know that the next day following King's I've been to the mountaintop speech, after King invoked that image of Moses, he too died assassinated by a sniper's bullet at the Motel Lorraine as he stood on the balcony, never to reach the promised land. Like Moses, he saw it. He glimpsed it. He guided his people through the wilderness right to its edge. But he would never, ever step foot in it. If King's speech that night in Memphis, my friends, is not an act of pure prophecy then I don't know what prophecy is. And that is why we celebrate him today and remember him always because he spoke with the power of the prophets and dreamed the dreams of God here on earth. And so we celebrate 
MLK, and remember his prophetic work in the world for civil rights today and tomorrow, his enduring legacy. We'll sing songs we're doing now. We'll, we'll show clips. We'll recite some, some cherished quotes of kings like, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Our favorite of mine, one that King borrowed from Unitarian minister and abolitionist Theodore Parker, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm. Remember the words, I have a dream. We'll watch a clip from it in a little bit. And of course, hear his prophetic line, I've been to the mountaintop that we, that we just heard. There's so much power in remembering those words. But we can't stop there. Just remembering. We also need to remind ourselves, and this weekend is a good time for that, that only remembering his words and his legacy is not enough. That some of King's most important words and one of his important legacies to us today is to a reminder to never close our mouths, to never stop speaking out, to never remain silent in the face of injustice and oppression no matter what, no matter how down we feel, no matter how scared we might be, no matter how risky, we can never be silent. King, after all, was hard-hitting on the churches of his, of his time, especially the white churches. For the sin of their silence in the midst of, of segregation and racism and racial injustice. And for King, silence, whether through fear or simply just not wanting to rock the boat, was a detriment towards fairness and equality for all people. King said, Heard it in that litany. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Even more powerfully, he said, in the end, she heard, we'll not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Silence, King is saying, and still says to us today, will get you nothing in this world. And dreams of justice only come true when we, as the psalmist sings from our reading, sing a new song. When we sing the song that God put in, in our mouths. When we enact the love that God has written on our hearts. When we begin to journey into God's will. Which no doubt means a journey into the realms of justice, love, and peace. Just like King did. One thing I know about us, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're pretty active. <laughs> We're not a silent church. And the spirit of Martin Luther King is alive here. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? We have spoken out over the years, thinking back yesterday, the things that we've done here. By sending out countless letters, by using our voices, sending out letters to our elected officials on every single issue, ranging from gun rights to child, uh, child malnutrition to the environment. We spoke up for medical marijuana, for the sick, and for issues around fair wages and women's rights and LGBTQ rights. Something, by the way, we're going to have to do again as these dreadful anti-LGBTQ bills are introduced in, in Tallahassee. The seat of power. These folks just won't stop. They just won't stop. So we need to counter their venom with love and with passion. 
So tabling will resume. I'm happy to tell you, thanks to Lori Walker, tabling will resume next week. And each fourth Sunday from here on out, you will have the opportunity right here in that gathering space to ink a letter to your elected officials on issues such as these. Mm, and we need to speak out. Stay tuned. We've also spoken out by marching in rallies for all sorts of kinds of justice and, and love issues. Just yesterday, a bunch of us attended the, uh, and walked in the Dunedin MLK Junior March, joining our sisters and brothers from Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church and singing, We Shall Overcome. We Shall Overcome. Holding hands as we walked to Pioneer Park in a beautiful moment of, of solidarity. And next week, many of us will, will march on the Peace Walk with people of other faiths as a sign of, of hope and peace and togetherness. And we also speak out. We speak out by waving and holding signs each week in our own front yard over issues of injustice, being a living witness out there to counter the evils in this world, such as separated families, kids in cages, lack of gun laws and regulations, racial discrimination, women's rights, and of course for our environment and so much more. We need to keep being out there to give people the drive-by the hope that someone, some church, some church is actually advocating for the Jesus way. So we'll keep gathering out there each week because a wise man once reminded us again that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Silence is not an option, not here. There are so many more ways that, that we speak out, but I think you get the point, don't you? <laughs> the silence on issues where our faith and unjust policies clash truly is not something we will ever do well, nor should we. We need to continue to be prophets, just like King. The world needs our voices of love. The world needs us ready and willing to speak out and ready and willing to take a risk, to take a risk on behalf of love. Apathy can have no place here. It can't. The prophets of old risked everything and challenged the, the systems and warned of corruption and turning of our backs on the poor, the exploited and the oppressed, and they suffered for it. They suffered mightily for it. Jesus challenged a system in his time, a system that left people destitute and oppressed, and he was killed for it. Martin Luther King Jr. challenged a system of racism and segregation in his time, and he was killed for it. And so we are too called to pick up the mantle of justice and challenge the systems as well, where injustice is all too real and exploitation and discrimination runs amok. And folks, people will try to silence us as well. It's inevitable. They'll try to silence us as well in the coming days and years, weeks and years. We run that risk. They're doing it now. They're doing it now by breaking our yard signs and ripping down our banners. But I say to them, bring it on. I mean it. Bring it on. Because silence is not an option that we will ever, ever consider. And as we remember the prophet king today, let us always remember his words regarding the danger of it, of silence. Silence gets you nothing in this world. Silence gets you nothing in this world. Silence gets you nothing 
in this world, except the world you don't want. And one that is far, as far from the kingdom of God as possible. Not only is silence not an option for, for us as a church, as people of faith, but, but not dreaming anymore. Not dreaming anymore is not an option either, is it? That was what our keynote speaker yesterday at the MLK breakfast told us. Not dreaming is not an option. We need to dream. The psalmist today tells us, I waited patiently for the Lord, who inclined to me and heard my cry, and drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock. The psalmist is saying he or she did not give up. They did not give in. When the bog seemed so deep and so desolate, they kept crying out, never silent, never idle. We cannot give up either on the dreams of Martin Luther King Jr. and the, and the dreams for justice and love for all the good things, for all of the people that we share this this world with and all of creation. And, and let's be honest. I know, Mike, you're so utopian. I can hear it. This day and age was such a abhorrent, growing gap between the richest and the poorest, right? In the midst of voting rights and civil rights being rolled back, especially by one particular party. In the midst of increasing violence towards one another, especially here in the United States where Schools and concerts and movie theaters are no longer safe places. Rallies maybe no longer safe, safe places. In the midst of natural disasters that only seem to be getting worse and worse and worse, like a continent on fire and one billion lost animal friends. In the midst of political corruption and fake news and alternative facts. In the midst of increased and spreading polarization in our nation. <laughs> Oh my God, it might just be easier to stay in the bog, dwell in the pit. But then we remember the words of the prophet king calling us, shouting for us to never lose hope when things seem hopeless, to never lose faith when things seem faithless, and to never, ever stop dreaming when the world sees dreamless. Hmm. That's what we celebrate today. That's what we honor today. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. rose up in a, in a dreadful time amidst dreadful fear and pulled himself out of that desolate pit of fear and found his voice. He found God's voice and he spoke it into the world and illuminated a path of freedom and equality. He had a dream and he had a vision. And he used his voice to inspire countless others and to make those things come true. So remember a great man this weekend, my friends. Remember a great man this weekend. Remember a great voice this weekend. Remember a great vision for our world this weekend that he gave to us. And most of all, remember, as he will tell us now, that even in the most difficult of times, you can still dream. And you have to dream. But let's let Martin tell us about history. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. 
Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. Yeah. 